0: Because you know, when you're working out, it's all about breathing, it's all about, you know, even if you're just meditating, it's just being focused with the breath, connected with your breath and your body. Without the breath, it's, you know, you've got to have enough oxygen to be able to do the action, but also scream the line out, take after take after take after take. So a lot of that cardio training was really helpful, plus hand in hand lifting.
1: From Women's Health Australia, this is Uninterrupted, a podcast where we share honest and inspiring conversations so that you can live a healthier, more empowered life. I'm Editor-in-Chief Lisa Gabulagin. Rewind your mind back to 2020. No, not the first optimistic month of the year, but the moment we all realised the pandemic had taken hold of the world and our lives had changed forever in ways we were yet to know. It was during that time quarantined in South Africa and far away from her family and friends in the UK that actor Ella Belinska spent her days in an apocalyptic world overrun by zombies that were the result of a pandemic cue cortisol explosion at least that was my reaction when i was watching ella in the new netflix series resident evil streaming now As I watched her running and fighting from pandemic-originated monsters in the first few episodes, I wondered, how did she get fit for the role, and how did she stay mentally fit while going through the very real anxiety of how COVID was affecting our world? In this episode, I chat with a UK native now residing in LA about her love of spin and netball, how she finally started meditating, and why she's happy to be known for her action roles. With your role in the 2019 version of Charlie's Angels, and now as Jade Wesker in the Netflix series of Resident Evil, where you're fighting zombies and massive creatures, you're becoming known for your action roles. And I was going to ask you if you were quite spotty growing up, and then I discovered that you threw
2: Javelin for Team London, which sounds so impressive. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, it's such a niche Thing.
0: It's it's sort of like a party trick at this point, except there's not really any ever any like javelins lying around at parties.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you need to set that up at the next party you go to. Ooh, what do we have here?
0: I know, I'm like, I'm going to the wrong parties. Um <laughs> it's yeah, so I, I used to do a lot of sport growing up. I loved sort of martial arts, did a light bit of martial arts when I was younger, and then you know, I play I mean, I love the fact that I am talking to you guys especially because talk about target audience when I say I'm obsessed with netball.
2: Are you really? I've never interviewed someone who's obsessed. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I play out
0: here. There's a whole team, the LA Waves. It's, it's really great. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: What um, position do you play? I'm a gold defense I play, I play smarter, not harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I didn't even think that there were any netball teams in the US, I thought that was more like expat English and Aussie people. Absolutely, it's 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 everyone coming together, and we have a few,
0: you know, recruits that kind of join, which is cool. But um, yeah, no, that, that's it's just something I've really enjoyed, kind of keeping going because it's something that you know when you are in school and everything, it's so easy to you know find things that you love because you are doing such wide variety, and then it's almost as if as you get older, you almost you get better at being paid at things, but not better at doing things you
1: like. <laughs> That is so true. And you,
2: you're really lucky
0: if you're able to do both of those things at the same time. Yeah. So this is one of those things that I absolutely love. So I just make sure I set aside a certain time every week to go and play.
1: That is
2: so cool. I really love that. See, I never got into netball at school because I'm quite short, so... Build-wise, I wasn't quite right for netball at all. I can only say you would have been an amazing centre or wing attack, just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where were you when I was at primary school trying to work out my place in netball? <laughs> you would have been right in there. <laughs> so what, you said, you mentioned you did martial arts. What kind of martial arts did you do?
0: Um, What did I start off doing? I started off doing quite a fair amount of judo, which was actually super useful because in judo, it's a, it's a defensive martial art, but you learn how to fall before you learn how to fight, as it were. And there's something that's quite symbolic about that in the sense that you spend like the first half of the year just falling over and getting thrown about the place, just, just hitting the mat. And sort of in life, it's almost like a great lesson to learn just in terms of just always picking yourself back up again. How old were you when you were doing judo? How old was I? I think I started doing that when I was around eight
2: did you have this realisation at eight or is this something that you've realised lately? I
0: definitely something I realised later in life. At the time it was, I don't know, why am I being thrown around on the mat so much? <laughs> <laughs> When's the cool bit? When can I start? When can I be the person doing the throwing? So yeah, that was that. was that, And then I kind of did a little bit of karate, a little bit of taekwondo and then I, uh, at drama school, I studied at Guildford School of Acting. There was a unit where we did stage combat, which is essentially just sort of actors learning how to fight with weapons safely on screen and stage. And I sort of became a little bit obsessed with it. Yeah, then that thankfully was a skill set, a la Liam Neeson, which (laughs) became became very
2: useful in my industry. So, yeah. Oh my God, yes. It's like you're too loves have come together being quite sporty and acting which is really cool
0: yeah I'm, I feel very blessed in that respect and right now you know it's something that I'm really enjoying doing I have other sort of things in the pipeline which aren't so much action forward however it's really nice to have this in the sort of the in the back pocket of the arsenal
2: as it were so in the first couple of episodes of Resident Evil, without giving any spoilers away at all, you do a lot of running. I'm like, there she goes, she's running again, and lots of kicking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Girl, <laughs> talk about running! It's, I'm like, what not to do is to play any games or place any bets where I have to start running because un- unless you want to do it the other way around, then you'll definitely win. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of running, which definitely uh, it. Definitely is reflected of the pace of the show. I think if the first two episodes can tell you anything, it's that, you know, there's two fantastic timelines going on. It's a split timeline narrative, which isn't something that we see super often. And it follows, you know, young Billy and Jade Wesker, who are the daughters of uh, Albert Wesker, who's an icon in Resident Evil lore. It follows sort of what happened in 2022, versus cut to the present day which is all the future in this respect in 2036 where sort of jade is coming to coming face to face with the echoes of the past it's a really exciting premise and it almost both timelines run with equal pace beside each other so you are never you're never bored watching either one and it's it's so action-packed the younguns. Miss Sienna Sienna Adegong and Tamara Smart, who plays Younger Me, are absolutely sensational.
2: Yeah, they're so impressive. And I also love the way you talk about the two different timelines. You go from each one so seamlessly, like it it doesn't feel jarring at all.
0: Doesn't feel jarring at all. You know, listen, I wish I could take all credit to that, but that was absolutely nothing but amazing script writing and fantastic editors. So
2: (laughs) cheers to them. (laughs) So what kind of training did you have to do to prepare for this role, if any? And how would it differ to, say, a different role like what you did in Charlie's Angels?
0: Yeah, this is a great question because I think people think action, cool, done, and that's it. It's just high heart rate uh, for lots of different takes. I think the thing that was special about this one is that so much of it was done on location. I did hardly anything in studio for this. And we shot the entire project in Cape Town in South Africa. So even in the trailer, there's that shot of sort of walking along London Bridge with, you know, the Houses of Parliament and and Big Ben in the background. I'm like, that was filmed on the freeway in Cape Town with Tabletop Mountain edited out. (laughs) That's crazy. So the imagination that kind of went into it was a lot more intense. And also just because it was, it's, essentially post-apocalypse, you know, as this, the T-virus has, has, has sort of taken over the world. So it's not as um, seamless. I think uh, the role I played in Charlie's Angels, you know, these are trained operatives, especially my character. She, kn- she knows what she likes doing. She has her ways of doing it and she gets them done. This, we definitely wanted Jay to feel more like a scientist at heart who has had to adapt and learn how to survive by herself. So it's a lot messier. It's a lot more gritty. And there were times when I was even speaking with the writers and the producers being like, I don't I'm not sure if she'd do this because I think this is almost too good for her abilities. I think she needs to do something which is a bit more chaotic. So Mm -hmm. on set, we'd be, you know, what might have been a a take that would have taken you a couple of hours ended up taking a bit longer because we needed to kind of crazy it up a bit. So that was um, the main differences between shooting the two.
2: And what about fitness wise? What do you need to do to make sure that you have the right fitness to be able to do these kinds of scenes and then also remember your lines? Because, just as a comparison, say for example, I, I absolutely love boxing. And with boxing, like the fitter you are, the more you're able to stay in the moment when you're in the ring and fighting and use like use your higher functioning part of your brain so i wondered if it was like similar when you're you're filming these action scenes like does better fitness mean that you're better able to be in the moment and do the scenes
0: yeah honestly you're really onto something there because i i I think personally it really does you know if you're not dropping it dropping the energy it 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 feels great to know that you can just go take after take after take and i had to do a lot of um cardio endurance training to be able to maintain that i was also drinking a lot more water and having eating a lot more protein and a lot more like just overall a, a lot more food because we were shooting in south africa which was extremely hot <laughs> so you know there was a difference between when we were shooting in Berlin doing like a massive for Charlie's doing a massive action scene versus shooting in South Africa and to your point of it being sort of complementing character your fitness it's funny how much breath comes into and breath control comes into helping your character and your performance because you know when you're working out it's all about breathing it's all about You know, even if you're just meditating, it's just being focused with the breath, connected with your breath and your body. Without the breath, it's, you know, you've got to have enough oxygen to be able to do the action, but also scream the line out, take after take after take after take. So a lot of that cardio training was really helpful. Plus, hand-in-hand lifting. Yo, I'm getting so into my lifting right now from training for this. Oh my Lord, my all of my FYP pages, all of my suggests are just these amazing strong, women who are just able to lift so much (laughs) um so you know being able to when you're attached to a wire doing all of these stunts it's almost like a filmmaker's dream if you can just sort of continue on without needing to like cut and then do a whole reset to get the stunt double in if you could do it yourself then that's fantastic in my opinion anyway so
2: you're doing all your stunts yourself
0: so I'm doing a fair amount of It's kind of like a little bit of a, of a thing for me. I'm doing a lot of the stunts. I worked super closely with the stunt coordinator and fight choreographer over there. And we found this amazing stunt double. Um, her name is Jay. Big shout out to her. And she's an, a martial artist as well. And it was amazing to just my favorite thing is just being able to tag team in with, you know, your stunt double because you know they—they're amazing. They do all of the the testings of the stunts. They do all the rigs. They're there to sort of be almost the the guinea pig for all the action for you to sort of waltz in and for it to go perfectly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. So you mentioned weight training. What kind of lifting are you doing? Are we are talking like squats and deadlifts? Is that the kind of stuff you're doing? I've really been getting into my leg days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really beginning so my mum, my mum is amazing she's actually one person who really inspired me to get into the gym because I loved you know HIIT workouts and I loved you know spinning I, I absolutely adore it but I also you know wanted to get start getting stronger and she is someone who has, you know always consistently for years been going to the gym you know she's she's naturally very strong in arms and back so I know we get a good pump on chest and tries and back and buys day. <laughs> but um, leg day, I tend to do three days a week, sort of push and pull and then sort of compound. And yeah, I'm loving, sort of, I'm a tall person. So naturally, squats are a little bit more tricky for me um, just because the angles are odd. But I'm working on building up back strength. Gotta love a deadlift.
2: I love deadlifts. I think I love deadlifts because I'm closer to the floor. So I have the opposite problem to you. And I guess of what you mentioned cardio endurance earlier, I think a lot of people don't realize is that working on strength like this also improves your cardio endurance.
0: Oh my goodness. So I have been preaching this across the seas. (laughs) Um, So I, during the pandemic, I was spinning pretty much nearly every other day. My One of my best friends, she's an amazing spin instructor. Her name's Michelle Hines. And she does these Zoom spin classes. And I was sort of her podium rider, as it was. So I'd be in the background and I'd be spinning behind her. And I was like, I had an amazing VO2 max. You know, I could keep going and going and going. But it was interesting because no matter how much I did it, my form got better. But it was still as hard every single time I span. I started lifting I took a little break from spinning to just get my strength up, and then I went back to it, and it was unbelievable the endurance that I had. It, and it was like I was strong, so it was almost like every rotation, every cycle of the of the pedals, I wasn't needing to put in so much effort because I was just stronger. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really good feeling. It all just goes hand in hand, which is, I and mean, that on top of you know eating well to suit your you know, your workouts and your recovery is super important too.
2: What does eating well look like for you?
0: For me, eating look, eating well looks like eating balance, eating food I enjoy. I call it happy food.
2: <laughs> happy food, yes.
0: <laughs> eating happy food because, you know, like I always say my body is a temple but I want to be happy in my temple. You can be in a temple and be miserable.
2: <laughs> that is so true and I think a lot of people – Oh, and I, and things have changed over the years, but there's still that association between healthy eating and still depriving yourself. And that, that's, why I love this happy temple. What a great, what a great image. Absolutely
0: that. And so, as, as long as you're fueling yourself for your workout and your recovery, I think that's the, the best thing that you can do, you know, and, and always sort of, I mean, I'll say it till the end of time, just hydrating water, 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 water. I bought one of those gallon sized water bottles off Amazon with the little sort of like straw in it. And I'm obsessed with it. I'll be fully glammed up going wherever I'm going. And I'll just be there with my water bottle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. So you mentioned that you were shooting in Cape Town when you filmed Resident Evil. Was that during the real life COVID pandemic taking place?
0: Here we go. Oh, absolutely. This is the meta of it all. We were shooting a show about a pandemic in a pandemic.
2: That blows my mind. Okay. And I tell you why, because when I was watching those two episodes, I was thinking, holy shit, this could be going on right this very moment now. And it just made me think, Ella, like, how would it have been we were actually experiencing a real life pandemic and acting in a pandemic.
0: You know what? Let's just put it this way: you know, it was very easy to use real life emotions <laughs> in character. There's also a very funny, very funny anecdote, which is, you know, I mean, whilst we were there, not only was there the pandemic, there was also um, sort of a city wide curfew going on so you weren't allowed out after 9pm unless you had sort of a a permit which we did as a filming production but also on top of that there was a prohibition (laughs) so in everyone's natural downtime self-care will you enjoy with your castmates a drink or two now it was a very interesting thing (laughs) when that wasn't available because we were having this hilarious thing of you know they'd be I mean, spoiler, but not spoiler. I mean, it's, you know, it's Resident Evil. People die and come and go and all of this, you know, naturally, as you would expect. So we'd be getting, we'd be casting new people on the show and sort of, you know, I'd be sending them the, hey, it's so exciting to have you on the show. I can't wait to, you know, to work with you. Really excited. When you go through Duty Free... Do you mind just bringing, just picking up whatever you want to pick up?
2: <laughs> oh God, because look, seriously, for me during the the first lockdowns, alcohol was my go to, and then I discovered I was pregnant. I was like, "Holy fuck, this is just getting crazy," and so I had to stop drinking, obviously.
0: Yeah, and then and then yeah, then you kind of had to wrap it up. But um, no, but it was that was actually interesting because it made me. You know, we were all in our sort of like quarantine COVID little bubbles as it were as per Netflix and forcing sang after very well and we kind of had to find new ways to unwind and self-care and decompress and uh, along with the sort of zoom workouts that I mentioned earlier with my friend which was a nice way to stay connected I also did a fair amount of sort of meditation which was definitely very new for me
2: what kind of meditation were you doing at the time, and why hadn't you done it before? Um,
0: so I was—I my mind was racing whilst I was shooting. That I was—it was sort of that I was in a constant state of flight or fl- fight or flight, as it were.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Um, so I, I felt like I really needed to unwind, and I because I was so you know I was—it was just so fast-paced. I could—I felt like I couldn't really slow my mind that well. But what I could do was like, just listen to music and just do nothing else. You know, normally you put on music and you're sort of doing errands around the house or, you know, you're just going for a walk, or whatever. I just sat in, my, sat in my room, put some music on and just was. You know, I mean? they tell you to just be. I really just gave being a go <laughs> to music. And it was just incredible how it just calmed me down and... It also made me more receptive to the things that I needed to do afterwards. So say I needed to learn tomorrow's, you know, lines for the day. Because I allowed myself to sort of come back down to earth and ground myself, I was then able to sort of take on my work and absorb stuff a lot faster than I, you know, would have done before. And I think to answer your question, maybe I didn't do that before, simply because I you, there's that odd thing we go. Oh, I'm not very good at it. Whilst I was, you know, sitting in my seven days of isolation when I got there, I was like, "What is meditation?" I suppose, like, like I said, it's when you just be. So am I just thinking that I'm not very good at being myself? That's weird. Let me
2: try being myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good question to ask yourself. Yeah,
0: and that's sort of kind of the weird. I don't know, paradoxical thought that I had that I was like, all right, let's, then I got competitive. Then I kicked in and I got competitive. (laughs) I was like, right. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look how good I am at being me.
2: (laughs) That's so good. Do you have any other practices now that help you look after your wellbeing and mental health?
0: Yeah, actually. I, they're all, this is so funny because I feel like it's very personal to each person, this question. But me personally, I love, I love organizing. (laughs) I don't know what that is. If there was a job to just organize, you know, that show, I think there's a show on Netflix where people just organize like wardrobes and closets and stuff. I just love, it sounds so dorky, but I just love organizing. And it's like, you know, I look around my house at my room and every room that I go into, I'm like so proud to be in it because everything is where I want it to be. Not in like an OCD way. It's, this is my safe space, my little safe haven. So I love, I suppose the right word for that is homemaking. Yeah. You know, like watering my plants and sort of just keeping things tidy. Yeah, I really enjoy doing that. That's one thing. And then the other thing is my best friend has a dog that I love spending time with. I really need to, I, I, if there's any sort of puppy therapy around, go do it. It's incredible. <laughs> but, um, there's something so, um, there's something so selfless about, you know, dogs. We don't deserve them. And, um, I, I'm one of those people who just absolutely adores dogs. And, um, it's very centering to spend time with an animal. So that's another thing that I like to do.
2: And I think for people listening who don't have pets, like for example, one of the girls at work, she volunteers to be a dog walker um, and that's how she spends time with, that's how she spends time with dogs and she loves it, yeah. It's
0: great because you, you also get, you, you, you're also going on walks, you know what I mean? You're, but it, it gets to a point where you're not walking them, they're walking you because <laughs> it turns into a quite a fair amount of exercise.
2: Yeah, double the benefits.
0: Exactly. Double the benefits. Exactly. So, and then I think, yeah, just after the practice that I found in South Africa of listening to music, I love just putting on music, lighting some candles and just sort of enjoying being in my own company because life can be crazy and it's nice to have the quiet sometimes.
2: You seem very life-wise. When I was in my mid-twenties, I was not very life-wise. Where have you learnt this? Or is it someone around you who's been quite influential or books or... What do you think it is? You know, I think I
0: feel very lucky as I, I have um, with my work and also, you know, when I was younger with my mum, I went on a fair amount of traveling. I feel like I've been really lucky to have seen quite a lot of the world and different walks of life and ways people go about their lives. And it's sort of like, you know, there's this amazing allergy, analogy that people say about, you know, your your experiences are like a toolbox, you just every now and then there's certain tools that you're like, ah, actually this would be really good for this moment here. Or so I feel like I've, I've got a fair amount of tools in my toolbox plus that, and I'm going to get a little bit actory now, but plus some of the characters, these scripts that I read, some of the, some of the stories that I've heard, especially, you know, during, um the, during the pandemic of how people went through it, their experience, black lives matter, that entire movement. I learned so much about myself, and, you know, the people around me and how they experience life, you know, here in the United States, the AAPI, the community and, and you know, the struggles that they've been having, just, you know, sort of really listening and being a very receptive person, I think is so enriching and can speak louder when you are put in those, when you're put into those sort of tricky situations, that's when you, you can kind of action those things that you've learned. That and I'm grateful that my mum and dad are also two really cool people. They're really cool. I think the older i've get I've gotten it's it's um nice when there's a sort of like a shift that happens in that relationship. They become a lot more hopefully a lot more like friends sometimes because you know you start to look after yourself, yeah, and um yeah. my mum has taught me so many amazing things about sort of you know always going for the opportunity if you don't shoot, you don't score. And then my dad has this, he has this motto, which is just fuck it.
2: I love that. That's like my motto. My motto is like, fuck it, just do it. (laughs) Honestly, fuck it. You know, I don't know if I should, you know, fuck it. As long as you do it
0: with kindness, compassion and care, there is nothing that you can do wrong. And it's only going to be life experience for you. And like my friend said, do it for the plot.
2: You know what I mean? (laughs) Do it for the plot. I used to tell myself, "Oh, I'm going to do this stupid, crazy thing for an article or for a book." You no,
0: know <laughs> if no one's getting hurt and you're not getting hurt, everyone's safe, and you can go home, and it's another another day done. Then do it for the plot.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything lately where you've been like, "Ah, fuck it, we're just going to do it"?
0: What was the most recent? Oh, you know what? Actually, yes, there has been so the what the friend that i mentioned who is is like do it for the plot that friend so he's very recently stepped into a very empowered place where he's actually just come out which is really cool so in that sort of discovery, there has been civil simultaneous discovery on my side, too, because I'm learning so much about the LGBTQIA community, which is plus, excuse me, community, which is really awesome. But the most recent fuck it was, so we go to this gym. And so he's sort of like beginning to dip his toe into dating. And, you know, he's on a very specific dating app which you know, is, you know, niche to him finding a partner. And I'll be here we go. I'll be in the middle of a full blown leg day. I've got EDM in my ears, you know, going for it, you know, pre-workout hidden. It's max right now. He'll send me a text being like, is this the guy over there? I'm like, where? He's like over by the lat pull down. (laughs) I'm like, mate, I'm in the middle of a leg day. I can't just swap over to it and then there it is ah fuck it (laughs) (laughs) so I'll go over and investigate (laughs) with my sort of you know lever belt on try and do some cable rows or something to try and check out if this is the guy meanwhile my friend my friends over with a bird's eye view at the Stairmaster watching all of this happen. (laughs) So that was, um, that was a recent, the most recent fucking moment that I've had.
2: (laughs) That's so good. And did you confirm, was it the person? Wingman
0: skills are undeniable. It was them. They are now talking. We love to see it.
2: (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I love that so much. So what, What are you currently working on that you can talk about right now?
0: Right now, I'm actually working in a slightly different sphere, which is sort of like a side passion of mine. I'm actually um, the lead character in a video game called Forspoken, Yeah, which is releasing October 11th of this year, 2022. And it's just a huge sort of life moment for me because I I grew up a massive gamer as well, sort of like a bit of a closeted gamer. So when this opportunity came by, I was like, absolutely, be the lead character in a video game.
1: Hell yeah! (laughs) Yeah, that's so
2: cool. Yeah,
0: so I've been doing all the sort of the the motion capture and the voiceover for that, which is, um, yeah, it's definitely been um, an interesting learning curve.
2: Can you tell me what kind of video game
0: it is? So it's
2: it, it's an open
0: world, and I'm trying to I'm trying not to speak too much in gamer terms. Otherwise, I mean, a lot of gamer terms even go over my head. It's it's one of those games where you play as my character, and you're sort of exploring the world, and there's a sort of na- a storyline that you follow to to get to the end. So it's like a uh, uh, it's a fantasy adventure. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to see some good Halloween costumes come from it. <laughs> I'll look out for it. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, I'm really excited about it. Um, So yeah, anyone who games, I think you'd be uh, very pleasantly surprised because it's incredible graphics and um, yeah, very proud, I think, keeping my feet on the floor with this one. But a couple of people have mentioned that I might be the first mocap, which is like performance capture, black female lead in a video game. Oh, wow. That's massive. That's a baton that if it is given to me, I will proudly run with it. But for now, keeping my feet on the floor until otherwise (laughs) confirmed.
2: All right. For my final question, out of all the kick-ass action characters in the history of movies, Mm. male or female, Mm -hmm. who would you love to play?
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Are we talking one that's already existed or one that hasn't, hasn't happened yet? Give me give me the answer for both. Okay, okay, okay. So I have I have had a history of mentioning this, but Zoe Saldana's performance as Natiri in Avatar and coming Avatar two is one of the single most spectacular things I have ever seen, and I will definitely stand by saying it is probably what inspired me the most to want to become an actor. It's it was just such. It, let alone I'm like I can barely even speak. The technology that she you know, was had to embrace to give her performance, which was so years before its time, you know, the character, the world, the building, just the emotions. It was so visceral. I just, it was the first time I ever watched a film where I said, not only, oh, I want to be in this movie, but I want to be on set in this movie. So that is my answer there. And then my other answer is funnily enough, uh, a not too dissimilar character, but something that I would love, 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 love to take on should the opportunity present itself, and that is Princess Kida in Atlantis. Um, if they ever do an adapt a live uh, adaptation of that um, incredible classic film, I just think she is such an earthly, powerful, ethereal, feminine that is just something that i would love to tackle and and take on and sort of like bring the um the nuances of what we've learned in humanity from you know now in 2022 into that character would be something that i'd love to do
2: well thank you so much for your time ella i've had a really fun time chatting with you
1: this episode of uninterrupted was hosted and produced by me lisa gaby with additional sound editing by abby williams For more from us, pick up a copy of the latest issue of Women's Health with Brooke Blurton on the cover. You can find it on newsstands or online via Zinio and Apple News Plus and visit us at womenshealth.com.au. See you next time.